introduce our speaker today. Um, amazing, amazing man of God, faithful. You know he's faithful when he's a Lions fan, amen. Um, there's a, a lot that I could say about Jesse Cabrera, but one of the things that I will say is that some people, legend has it, say I look like him. And so I just consider that a blessing. If I'm considered to be look somewhat like Jesse Cabrera, I know I'm looking good, amen. Come on. <laughs> I want you guys to know that I intentionally wanted to welcome him today. So thank you, Pastor Tom. <laughs> thank you, Rick. Hey, guys. I look at Ricky. He's amazing. You know, Ricky, I was actually, I was listening to you. Your jokes are horrible, but you're amazing. Just saying that right now. Your jokes won't penetrate, but your light does. Your gifting does, man. So I just think, what I'm trying to say is don't stop being you, man. I think that's amazing. Uh, we need, we don't need more Rickies, but we need to be like Ricky in a sense. <laughs> I'm joking, my brother. You know, thank you so much. Hey, Reload, how y'all doing? It's early. Yeah, we're all like, yeah, we're still, we're still trying to sleep and kind of ponder on that one. Yeah, it's really early. So how about them lions? How about them lions? It sounds like there's not a, lion, a lot of Lions fans in this room right now. So I look at Dan Campbell, and I'm like, yeah, we got our own Dan Campbell here. Your new name is Coach. You're my coach, so you guys, I'm really excited to be here, um, the opportunity to really speak. I have a word for you guys that I, that's actually a word for me as well, um, and you look at the vision and the mission of Reload, and I really wanted to challenge you guys. It's a word, but it's also a challenge, uh, and it's really evaluating and testing our hearts. Who's ever gone to the doctors and you got into physical? You know, maybe nothing's wrong. You just, you know what, I'm just doing my annual physical. We call it a check up, right? We just want to check up real quick. We want to see how things are doing. They'll check the blood. They'll check the heart. They'll ask some questions. They'll make you run on some treadmills, whatever it is. There's so, so many different types of things, all to check on how things are going. And I believe every once in a while, we need to do that spiritually. I'm going to say that again. I believe every once in a while, we need to, we need to do that spiritually. How's your Bible reading going? How's your prayer life going? How's your fellowship with one, other, one another going? How's church going? How's your work going? How, how's your response? I mean, we can go on and on and on with all these questions just to check ourselves. And these are healthy. But it's so funny that culture, they want us to put a wall up. Oh, don't ask me those questions. I'm good. I got this because I got Jesus. And, and, I, and I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. But the reality is we need to check in where we're at because your neighbor is not responsible for your heart. You're responsible for your heart. You're responsible. So, men, today's a checkup. Everyone say checkup. Today's a checkup. And so what we're going to do is I want you to take 30 seconds. We're going to activate right now. Take 30 seconds. I want you to discuss in your table really quick. And if you don't know the answer, that's totally fine. But discuss what's the mission and the vision here for Reload. And go. All right, you guys. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity right now, Lord, that we get to come together, Lord, in a gathering of men, Father God, to reload. Not just to reload things in the natural, but to reload our hearts, Father, our thought life. Jesus, we thank you so much 
that you're the reason why we're here. Not just for the food, not just for the fellowship, but for the Savior. We hunger for you, Jesus. Teach us, Holy Spirit, right now. Use my vocal cords, Father God, but let them hear your heart as we continue to go on about this message, Father. In your name we pray, and all God's men say, Amen. You know, your conversation probably sounded like, well, we, we're here to equip men to change their world. Love you, a lot of you guys have been here for a while, so you kind of know the mission, the vision. Some of you guys are probably like, I, I don't know, and I, I want to learn that right now. But that's why Reload exists, to equip men to go to their world so that they can bring change, mainly pertaining their home, their church, their community. I'm a community type of guy. I love it when I see networking, especially with businesses and churches and families and homes. I think I just see the kingdom of God operating. But when you look at the vision, that's exactly why we're here. It's exactly why we're here. It's to really get charged up, get ready. We're in a huddle because we're about to go to the field and we're going to execute with one go. Winning souls. Winning souls. So that they can get plugged in or plugged into your life so they can become disciples. So that they can follow on their own. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, he says, go into all the world and preach the good news. It doesn't stop there. Because he says, preach the good news to everyone. To everyone. I, 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 I emphasize everyone because I believe a lot of times I'm good at preaching the good news, but I'm not good to do it with to everyone. And a lot of times, I, human nature, I'll fall into, I'll analyze a place, I'm like, yeah, this is probably not the time to do it. And that's human error. That's, that's uh, maybe intimidation that I feel or, or, or fear or, or a fear of rejection. But that's not an excuse for me to not preach the good news. You see, because scripture, Jesus just said to everyone, a lot of times we're like, well, I have to focus on my job and my work. So we excuse ourselves from talking about the gospel. I have a story. I, uh, it was in 2010. I worked at Gentex, a uh, great, great corporation. And at that time, I worked with a, a lady. I mean, for 10 to 12 hours a day, I mean, I remember just working overtime and 4.30 in the morning. And I thought this was early. Now I remember 4.30 in the morning, my shift started and... I'm talking with this lady, and I'm like, I'm just going to just really get to know this lady because I'm just standing next to her for eight hours a day, and then we switch over. Uh, and we're talking, and she believed in uh, Buddhism, Buddha. And she started talking about him, and I just listened. You know, a lot of times I want to hit the panic button and correct somebody. But Jesus says, how about you connect first before you correct? So I just wanted to connect with her. And as she's sharing these things, I'm like, that's awesome. Tell me a little bit more. She's sharing more of culture. And I could tell this was not necessarily a religion to her, but more of a culture, what she was up, brought up in. And then I said, can I share about someone I know? She said, sure, no problem. The door opened, and I started talking about Jesus. Gave her just my testimony, who he is, what scripture says. We've all been there, right? And she asked me, she asked me, then what's the difference between my God and your God? And I didn't know what to say. Who's panicked before? Like, I didn't know what to say. And I looked at her, and I remember thinking, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. And then this pondered on me. I said, have you ever visited the site, the, the grave site of your God? She said, well, yeah, it's located over here. I said, my God doesn't have a grave site. He's still alive. 
He's still alive. It was simple words, and it impacted her. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. A few more minutes chatting, I led her to Christ. It was like 5.45 in the morning. Led her to Christ. No joke, no exaggerating the story. The Spirit of God hit her so hard, she cried for five hours uncontrollably while working. I thought I did something wrong. I had to leave for a little bit, and I'm like, oh, man. And then I remember talking to another lady who was a believer, and I said, can you check up on her every once in a while? Because it looks like I just did something wrong to her. Like, and it, it's, it was so cool because about three hours later, because she comes back, she's like, yeah, she's fine. She's just feeling the spirit of God. It's all over her. Like, it, it's, it's, uh, spirit is working in her heart. And I remember going like three hours later, her name was Sarah, and I said, Sarah, are you okay and I could see the back of her like this working, and she turns around and blubbering eyes and everything. She's like, I just love Jesus so much. And it went right back to work. It was an impact. But can I be honest with you, men? I struggled. I struggled to even share the gospel at my job because I had to work. My excuse was this is not the time or the place. But then I remembered, share the good news to everyone. Other translations will say, will say to all creation. Other translations will say uh, to the whole world or the whole people. Jesus is about not missing a beat. And if we're not checking ourselves, we're going to miss opportunities to reach someone else. Think about your story. Think about your story for a second, how you came to Christ. Maybe it was through your parents, a friend. Just think about it for a second. What if they had a moment and said, you know what, I'm not going to preach at this time, and they missed you. I, I think about my life, and I'm like, man, I, I don't know where I would be without Christ. And I thank God for those friends that did reach out to me. The message today is called Beyond the Four Walls. And the reason why I'm calling it Beyond the Four Walls is because right now at the forefront of our mindset is the vision of, what, of, of Reload and why we're here. We're here because we're ready to sharpen each other up. And, and just train up men and, and through our relationships build each other up so we can go change our world. But my question to you is, the moment you leave today, is that thought still in the forefront? Or have you slipped back into culture and routine of life and we'll say we'll see you next Tuesday? It's a challenge. It's a checkup. It's not always comfortable. There are times where my doctor's saying, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, man, I don't even want to do that. But it's healthy for me. It's healthy. Be proud. I, got to, I ran 30 minutes yesterday with my wife. It's been a while. And it was horrible, but it was healthy. It was healthy. Because we need to check up every once in a while. It's funny because I look around and I see, I see Jesus. I mean, think about it. You're here. You're gathered together around a table. You're breaking bread. You're modeling what Jesus did. You're modeling what Jesus did. Mark 2, 15 through 22, the story shows us that Jesus, he had dinner with people at Levi's house. You look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 20, it says that Jesus ate and reclined with the 12 disciples. There's more stories in the New Testament where he's with Martha and Mary at their house, breaking bread and teaching them. There's Zacchaeus' house where he calls him down and says, I'm going to your place. There's the two disciples uh, on the road to Emmaus that he fellowships with. This is after the resurrection. He's still doing what he's called to do. And he breaks bread with them. You would agree with me that Jesus doesn't neglect our gathering. But he doesn't stay where he's at. 
He leaves the four walls and he continues to share and to be the good news to people. He's very intentional when it comes to people because there's, there's a field of people out there. Um, 2012, I'm, I'm still working at the same place, and I had a dry season. I'm just going to be really honest with you. I had a dry season. I, I felt like, I don't think I was burning out, but I felt like I'm doing too much. I'm tired. I'm weary. I had two kids at the time, and they were babies still. It was three and one. And I remember thinking, man, uh, there, this is a lot going on. God, what do you want me to do? Your, your mission's not working here. I feel like I'm the only believer here. Who's ever felt that way? Like, I'm just the only one that believes in you. And then we have this pity party about where we're at. So then we start being holy and say, I'm going to pray myself out of this position to get into a better position, to a Christian organization. And I was called at that, in that dark place for a while. And there were people I was able to reach. But at this dry season in 2012, I didn't, I didn't know what to do anymore. And I remember, I'm like, I'm just going to the bathroom. I didn't have to use the bathroom. I just need to get away from my line for a second. I just got to go to the bathroom. I remember walking. And all of a sudden, the sound started drowning away. It was just drowning away, and I, right when I was about to open the door to the bathroom, I just turned around, and I saw people just like this, but they were working. You guys are sitting. They were working, right? And they were just doing their thing, and it was just, I don't hear any sound, but I could see them. And then I saw a vision. I saw, like, a, a pond with, like, this little canoe and a man on the canoe or in the canoe. And I saw my face. I was that man. And I remember thinking... Lord, are you telling me I'm going to go on vacation soon? Like, this is going to be amazing. I'm not joking. I thought God was showing me something awesome. But that wasn't it. He showed me a vision underneath the water. I could see underneath the pond, and there was fish everywhere. He says, he's not catching anything because he never casted a reel. And he says, you're not casting a reel. And I remember thinking, I'm not doing anything. I'm not being what reload is teaching me to do. I'm not being what the scriptures teach me to do. I go to the meetings. I have a hallelujah time. But then when I go to work, I, I'm just checked out. And I've slipped into routine. I've slipped into excuse. I've slipped into I'm tired. I ain't got time. I'm busy. It's all tactics of the enemy. And I remember that day I committed to God. I said, I will cast a reel. But Spirit of God, teach me how to do that. Teach me. I've never gone fishing in my childhood. I've gone fishing now. I caught a king salmon one time. That was pretty cool. And I'll over-exaggerate the size because <laughs> I don't know if we all do that. But I remember I was just proud of it. I had someone that I really looked up to. He, he taught me how to fish. And he took me out to Lake Michigan, and I caught it. It took a father figure to teach me how to cast a reel. Man, that was awesome. It was amazing. It was an uphill battle for me, especially when the fight came. But it was amazing. And I go back to it. I had the opportunity to go with that same man with my son, and he told me, you're going to teach your son now. And he caught a king salmon like a year later. It was a father figure. I asked the Spirit of God, teach me. He was faithful. And he taught me how to talk to people. That's where Sarah comes in the story, where I was able to minister to her, and she came to Christ. Other people started coming to the story. Do you know I was able to lead a lady to Christ? Then years later, I had my wife and I had the opportunity to lead a church. She became my children's director. 
It was just amazing what God is doing in people's lives because someone casted a reel. My encouragement to you is are you, uh, to cast a reel, and the question is, are you casting a reel? Because if you're not, if you're not casting a reel, it's time to ask dad, teach me. I want to go fishing. I want to go fishing for men. It's what he's calling us to do. It's what Jesus did. I said, what is the moment, what, what, what's the moment happening in our thought life when we leave the four walls? We don't want that forefront of continuing to reach God's people to leave our mindset. I was driving, and my son, two years ago, it said, Dad, Dad, what does that billboard mean? And it was talking about abortions. And I realized at that moment, if I don't do and teach my son in this culture, and if I'm not constantly checking myself, culture is going to teach him. And we had, we had a great conversation about what it meant and then what the Bible says about it. Culture's loud. Culture wants our children. They want us. They want to conform us to who they are, what culture is. But Jesus said something different. Jesus said something different. He says, you live in the world, but you're not of the world. He says, you'll have troubles in this world, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So my question is when we're, I got a lot of questions, right? My question is when we face issues, are we remembering the words of Jesus? Or are we back in a pity party? When that issue comes up, I can't meet that rent or mortgage. I, I, I'm having uh, relational conflicts. I, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Are we remembering the troubles are, are practically guaranteed, but I have a God who says he's overcome it all? Or are we following, following into that trap? And submitting to what the issue is. It's a heart check. Everyone say heart check. We're just checking ourselves. Because culture wants us. But God wants us that much more. This world, it's havoc. You would agree with me, right? It's havoc. I'm not going to get into it, but it's havoc. Right? There's a lot of things that are going on. And I believe this is a time for us to not be afraid. God's saying it's time for us to take position towards him, posture our hearts. I love it during worship time. You got, they're singing the song, and it really put me into a position of just posturing myself. Because how many of you guys know that posture is very important? It's very important. Uh, anybody have boys, maybe teenage boys now, uh, and they're gamers? I do. I got one. And I, I've seen it where my son's on the video game, and I'm talking to him. I'm a, having a legitimate father moment with him. Yeah, Dad. And at the screen, yeah. I'm standing right there. Yeah, Dad. And let me tell you something, it irritates me. I'm like, son, like, pause it. Almost done, Dad. Just give me one minute. I, I, I can't save this part right now. It's irritating when there's no full attention. I checked myself. Do I do that to God? When God's trying to talk to me, do I do that to my Lord? I am going to make it plain. Here's the deal. I did. I did. Hold on, Lord, I got, to, I got to help my wife out real quick. Hold on, Lord, I got to go, I got this responsibility, I got this assignment to do. Okay, Lord, uh, I'll pray tonight, I'll read tonight. God, I'm too tired, can I start in the morning? I'll start fresh bread in the morning because tomorrow's the day you made, and I'll just be glad then, like. And then we wake up, uh, you know what, I think today's a day of rest. So, uh, I mean, it just goes, I'm just being honest, it just goes on and on and on. 
And I've realized, man, my excuses are never going to stop. They're never going to stop. I have to motivate. David motivated himself. I have to motivate myself. If I'm in the wilderness, if I'm in the promised land, if I have little, if I have much, I have to motivate myself. Men, you have to motivate yourself. You are responsible for your hearts. You don't have to wait for 2023 to have a new goal, a new thing that you want to do with God. You can start right now in December. December what? 6. 7.20 in the morning. You can commit to God right now. I'm in. I'm going to get into my word. I'm going to get into my closet. I'm going to shine my light. I'm going to offer my gifts to this world so that, that your name be glorified. Jesus just wants us to simply be in a position and a posture that's towards him. He also wants us to draw near to him. See, a lot of times we, we fear to draw near. Not, not the idea. We talk about the idea all the time. We will draw near. I'm drawing near to the Lord. But when, when push comes to shove or when the action's time to happen, we see deeper waters, we hesitate because we Sometimes look at winds and waves, and God's saying, gaze your eyes on me. Men, drawing near means trusting him, even if you feel like I can't swim. Drawing near means he's my anchor. He won't abandon me nor forsake me. We're going to leave in about 10 minutes out of these four walls. My encouragement is that you will take what God has invested and put in you today around these tables, this joy that you have, and you take it to your world and you bring joy to the office, to the factory, to home, to the stores, to wherever you're at. You have a story. You have a testimony. Remember and go back to those. I, I remember Ricky motivated me. Was it 2021 you were doing the story thing? You were just talking to people. It was it 2021? And he was throwing on social media. And if you guys follow him, you guys will probably saw a bunch of those. He had to go, but the fact that he was going out to the gas station, going out to the stores, going, I thought that was amazing. And it challenged me without him speaking to me. It challenged me. Am I sharing my story about what God's doing in my life to someone else so that they can be encouraged? I realize the reason why I keep more quiet is because I'm afraid of rejection. But there's going to be rejection at times. There's going to be. So I cannot let rejection stop me from pursuing what God wants me to pursue. And that's people's hearts. The fruits of the spirits, Galatians 5, we know this. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think that was all nine. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We know the fruits. What I love to do is go a few verses backwards, and I want to name some of the bad fruits of the enemy. We're going to read it together. Is that cool, everybody? Galatians 9, 5, 19 through 21. Paul writes, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Let me stop for a second. Have you ever gone to the doctor, and he's asking you questions about what you're eating? What are you eating? Are you, are you, are you eating your veggies? <laughs> Greens, how are the greens going? You know, <laughs> it's uncomfortable now, right? Chocolate cake, pretty good though. Not even still going, right? Here we go. So it's like, it's uncomfortable things. And he's talking about our diet. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's our diet. 
And you know those questions are, are good, but we don't want to really answer them. I believe spiritually this is what's happening right now. Paul is reminding us of the stuff that's out there that we should not be eating. Going back to those fruits, okay, those bad fruits. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, uh, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, quarreling, jealousy. Here's, here was a one that I struggled with for a long time. Outbursts of anger. Ah, oh, knock it off. <laughs> Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. And he goes on and says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Man. I don't got enough time. (laughs) I got so much more. But what I'm saying is this. When we check ourselves through scripture, we're reminded of things like this so that when temptation comes, we remember that's not something good I'm supposed to eat. There are times where my doctor told me, don't eat this. I had an elevated liver years ago, an elevated liver. And they're like, we got to quit drinking. I'm like, oh, that's easy. I don't drink. And so he went back to the drawing book. He called me like 10 minutes later. He's like, you got to quit eating the fast foods. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to quit eating the fast foods. It was the fast foods that was elevated. It was fat. It's a fatty liver. I had a fatty liver. And I was at a high risk. This was like five years ago. So my wife, gave, my wife and I, we gave up McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy, we just gave it all up. We gave it, till this day, I don't, I don't eat at the, the, the fast food because it, it's affecting my health. Not because I don't like it or I disagree with it. Trust me, when I'm eating a burger, I agree. I agree. Oh, I really agree. But I knew what it was doing to me, so my family got involved and says, we're all not doing it. We're all on board. It was because of my health. And so what Paul's doing is, is, is he's, he's giving us plain things to just look at for our spiritual health. Because he, God knows we have to go to a world and you're going to encounter someone that gets drunk all the time and it's a weak point. And I need you to be uh, vigilant and alert to get this guy to this side. You need to help him. Maybe you're here and you have that going on, and it's been a secret. Let me tell you something. You got men around you for a reason with no judgment. They're ready to help you. They're ready, they're ready to help you. I remember a friend of mine, he was driving. He had a Honda Civic, and he was driving. Uh, and he, he was one of those guys that just pedaled the metal all the time, hit every curves. Well, he drifted, and he flipped the car over. A little, it's a hatchback version. You guys remember that? The back in the 90s type of model. So it's easy to flip. And I remember them being upside down, and friends had to come and flip them upside, backside, right side up, or whatever you want to say. They had to bring it back. My friend couldn't do nothing about it because he was in the vehicle upside down. But those that were not in the vehicle were able to help him. There's going to be people that are struggling in these areas. And if you're in those areas that you're struggling to, you're upside down with them. But if you constantly check yourself and say, you know what, Lord, you are my help. You will get me there. You can flip people right back up again. Because you have the ability to do so. Everyone say heart check. God just wants us to get back to what Genesis tells us in 1, verse 16. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the sea of the fish, or fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. What the scripture is telling us is that we're supposed to have dominion here on earth. Adam was called to tend the garden. Right? He was called 
to follow and fellowship with the Lord, right? That was the, that was the main plan for God. Fall happens, Jesus comes, he conquers death, he rises to life, and I find it no coincidence that when the tomb is empty and Mary runs to the tomb to try to find his body, and she sees Jesus without recognizing Jesus, she mistakes him as a gardener. Gardener. And I believe it's because she saw the restoration of the plan going back to the way God originally had it. Because Adam was a gardener. That's just my opinion. That's my thought. I just, I just, see, I just see a God that wants to bring, bring us back into fellowship with him. That's what I'm trying to say. God wants us to do so. He wants us to look like him, his image. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7, in the God's words translation says, A man should not cover his head, for he, he, uh, he is God's image and glory. I look at the word cover, and that word covering is really like hiding. And so when I look at how God intentionally wanted us to do that, it's more I wanted to expose. He wants us to expose our hearts. Adam was created naked. Exposure. God wants us to be naked before him in our hearts. Exposed. Again, it's all to benefit leaving these four walls. Guys, that's my time. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for all that was given right now that your word don't, doesn't turn void. That the encouragement that we get from your word, Father God, would encourage us to go to our offices, our jobs, to be your light. Because your word says, Father God, you are a light in our lives and you want us to shine that before all man. Let's take a moment for a second. Maybe you're here for the first time or a couple times, but you've really never given your life to Christ. The time is now. God's word says, call on his name. He will rescue you. You don't have to do anything. You just have to believe and call on his name. He will rescue you. On the count of three, if that is you, just shoot your hand up. just want to pray with you. One, two, three. Well, praise the Lord. Got a room full of godly men. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, that every single one of these guys here are ready to just serve and to be light for you, Father God. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a word. Come on now. You know, I, I was sitting there and I felt like.